Welcome to Elevate Podcast, the fastest way to elevate your life. Brought to you by elevatebooks.com. Hello and welcome to another one of our Elevate Podcasts. My name is Benjamin J. Harvey, the Difference Maker Mentor. And once again, we have the pleasure of interviewing an international best-selling author from the Elevate series. To find out more about them or any of the other authors from the Elevate series, be sure to check out elevatebooks.com, where you'll find a bunch of additional information and plenty of highly valuable free resources you can download immediately to further assist you in elevating all areas of your life. So today we're speaking with Kerry Davenport. Now, Kerry is a life coach, clinical hypnotherapist, and keynote speaker who's dedicated her life to helping others. Now, due to her experience with complex PTSD, she began looking at life's obstacles with curiosity and awareness. And that ultimately led her to discovering her true purpose. Kerry actually found herself becoming more present, becoming more congruent, becoming more connected to the world. And from that place, she was motivated to understand all of the modalities that helped her to heal herself. Fueled by her past experiences, she successfully launched All Elements Coaching and Hypnotherapy, as well as the Tipping Point to Empowering Change program that educates, empowers, and guides her clients to break the habit of reacting to life and instead beginning to respond to it. Kerry also works at the Life Medical Center in Erina, seeing clients and presenting at their program. And she's also begun delivering her eight-week group coaching program, Reset Your Mindset, in conjunction with the Life Life Medical Center program called I Can Change Me. And she does this about four times a year. Kerry balances her work by surfing daily and competing regularly in stand-up paddleboard surfing competitions. So could you please join me and welcome to the show, Kerry. Hello, Kerry. Good morning, Ben. And thank you for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. I've been looking forward to this. I've been looking forward to this. I know the listeners cannot appreciate. We had quite an interesting start to this podcast journey. I don't know if anyone can relate. There was about 754,000 technical issues that occurred before this meeting. (laughs) <laughs> but our listeners don't need to know that. Well, it's too late. They all know that. Anyway, <laughs> I'm, gl- I'm glad we're here. I've known you for a really long time and I- I've been really looking forward to this because the feedback we get from the people who work with you is just the profound shifts that they're able to get through your group work, through your one-on-one work. I think because of your own background through some very challenging times that you really rose above and were able to, to, to bring in a complete closure and healing to is, is, is quite remarkable. I think a lot of people are drawn in um, to your service because of, of that. So what I like to do, I just like to start with, with your passion, which I know is transformation. I know you throw so much time and energy into helping people transform. Why did you become so passionate about that? The truth of it is, if I hadn't come through the journey of being a police officer, being a firefighter, going through that dark night and that PTSD, depression, anxiety, I may never have discovered my true passion and purpose. And I'm very, very grateful to have been through that journey, to experience everything I did as a police officer. And as I was coming out of that darkness uh, of that journey back in um, 2017, I just had this massive aha moment that my purpose was uh, here to help others, but not just help others, not only help, uh, I suppose, help transform, help give with transformation. It was to use my experiences, to use everything that I had experienced 
in a pure positive way to be able to connect and um, guide and help others so yeah and I'm just so driven I never stop learning reading uh, connecting I just I'm so, so on track values wise now it's it's just phenomenal I love it I love my life yeah, I'd definitely say that about you. I, I, I'd say that you are for sure one of these relentless, never-ending learners. I mean, I, I make my way out into seminars and workshops and quite often I'll be sitting in the audience learning at a program and I look across and <laughs> you're sitting in the audience learning at the program. I'm like, wow, Kerry's everywhere. So I, I just want to find out, for the listeners out there, I know a lot of people go through trauma. A lot of people go through suffering. I mean, you know, anyone you meet has had stuff go on. I would say that you in your career of being a police officer and a firefighter, obviously there, there is an extreme level of intensity that comes into the types of traumas that people in those emergency services go through. What do you think is the starting point? Like I'm sitting at home and I'm listening in and I, I, I mean, I've, I've got a trauma, for example, how do I begin? How do I get out of that darkness that I'm going through? What's your suggestion for that? I think it was um, Gary Zukov that said, to change your life, you must accept your life. Mm. And to change your life, you must be willing to be vulnerable. Without vulnerability, we can't change. We can't ignore something, deny something that it never happened and, and then pretend it's going to go away. It doesn't work like that. I can tell you I did that. I, I was in 100% denial that anything could possibly go wrong, that anything could possibly be wrong. And it actually took the universe to hit me literally with a Mack truck before I finally, you know, came out the other side. So my advice is be vulnerable now and process it because you will have to process it one way or another eventually through life. So it's about, I really do believe vulnerability is the key to change. So in order to change your life, you have to accept it. Is that mm. got it? Okay. So, so I, I want to become more vulnerable hypothetically. And I, I want to start this process of acceptance. What do we do? What, I mean, what did you do? What, what, how did you do? It? I mean, I know you, you <laughs> like you literally transformed some of the most intense traumas that a person could go through. How, Take us through that journey. I got curious. And I still remember that one day where I was still in denial of uh, PTSD, that I had PTSD, that I'd lost my identity as a police officer and, and that I was, had memory loss. I had everything under the sun going on, you know, all those labels. And then all of a sudden I got cur curious and it was like, what is PTSD? And it was that small little thing of curiosity that led me to looking up things on the computer, getting curious. I was obviously not in a, a great state mentally, but over time I got curious and I'm going, well, what are people doing? And then I, I read about coaching. I go, oh, well, I'll get a coach. And then I love coaching. So then I became a coach, you know, traveled the whole path through authentic education. And today coaching is still my 100% go-to when it comes to processing anything. But there's a great truism, and I think it was Ben Crow. Um, Ash Barty's uh, mindset coach when she was playing. And he turned around and he said, the greatest tru truism in the world is we can't do anything by ourselves. 
Mm. And it's so true. Like we think we can get through everything. We think we're tough. We think we're strong. We think we're invincible, but we're not. The greatest, we, you know, my, my greatest advice to anyone is to reach out, whether that is just reach out to a friend or relative, reach out to a coach, a practitioner, a GP, but allow someone to help you through that journey, guide you through that journey. Mm. That's, yeah, I think there's, there's so much to that. You know, I, th- I think that's probably why people suffer so much. I remember uh, as someone once said to me, you're only as sick as your secrets, right? And, and the fact is everyone's just carrying this trauma in secret and they're not um, inviting in external help. And that, that is quite often the, the, the generating cause of that, that sickness. So if I'm sitting at home and I've, I've got this trauma and I'm not asking for help, maybe I'm ashamed or embarrassed or I don't even know what's going on, what, what sort of a, a, a coaching thing could I do? Or what did you, I mean, I know you work with a lot of people. What's your general recommendation that they begin doing? It's just to, uh, obviously, through my website or, or through any other coach's website, most of the time you can have a discovery call and, and we get an idea. You get an idea what I do, what I can do for you and, and it's to get that fit, um, to see where you're at. And a great man once said, let's find out. Let's find out. Let's see where we're going, what we can do and everything like that. Let's get curious. And um, But you've got to be vulnerable for a start to get on the end of the call or to book that discovery call. And from there, who knows where it goes, but it's got to be a better place than where, you, where you're sitting or standing right now. How, um, how does a person begin the journey of vulnerability, though? Because vulnerability, is, I mean, it's a big word and hmm. a lot of people, and I totally agree, I think vulnerability is the secret to all of it. What for you was your starting point? How did you awaken or surrender or what, what was your process of entering that world of vulnerability? It's interesting. I remember doing the certified, um, the international, uh, certified coaching course with authentic education. And it's what we do today in the Life Medical Center. We call them shared medical appointments. Now, what was interesting, I only correlated this just recently, was in that coaching course, we we learned and then we paired up and then we learned and then we paired up. And to get the most out of the course, you, you allow yourself to be vulnerable. And it was through that course, it was through the in-depth six days, you know, learning and processing, learning and processing, learning and processing and going through the different techniques that I really saw transformation begin because if you don't give your all, give your all you can't get anything from it. And the, the whole process, the actual whole process of becoming a certified life coach was transforming. It really was. And, you, you know, to be vulnerable, you're like you're not there just to sit there and look pretty. Otherwise, you would never have rolled in the first place. So um, that's how I did it. The biggest, being, me being vulnerable is actually enrolling in the process of, of becoming a coach. Um, and, of course, obviously that went on to other qualifications and other, other things. And, um, but people view vulnerability either as a strength or as a weakness. And if you view it as a weakness, then you're not going to allow yourself to be vulnerable and you're not going to allow yourself to change. 
Um, and that's just acceptance. That's just where you start. You don't move. Mm. You notice in this book, you, you wrote a lot about the stories that we tell ourselves and how we create uh, beliefs that really uh, impact the way in which we behave. So on your journey, were, were there some sort of core beliefs that you had to overcome? Were there some, some moments where you're like, wow, you know, that, you know, I've been telling myself this for so long. Like, what was it for you that you became aware of in your journey through this vulnerable space? I think one of the greatest beliefs, and I'm laughing because of the journey it took me on. <laughs> um, <laughs> the greatest belief is, you know, um, I'm not loved. Um, or, you know, um, and, you know, I, I write in the book, I tell the story about how I found out I was adopted at seven and um, I couldn't, couldn't process that through my brain. Uh, what, you're not my mum, where, where is my mum? And, and what is, does that mean that's not my dad and that's not my nan? Well, where's my net and where are they? And why did, you know, you can imagine the little questions going on in this little seven-year-old's head. And me not being able to process any of that, my mother at the time, my adoptive mum not being able to answer any of the questions, um, I ran away. You know, I got on my little pushback and literally ran away. And, um, and then I realised, and only through the journey of healing and, and um, personal development, that when I hit some pretty major obstacles in my life, I could see the correlation of me running away. It just got bigger. Right up until, you know, 2015, I'd been working as the sergeant in child protection operations. And I'd been in there two years and it was two years of just, uh, you know, total immersion with, with, child, with all the things that go along with child protection. And um, I had this breakdown at the end of it. And shortly after, I, um, I took three and a half months and I went to sea on a yacht and did my yacht master. And I was literally running away. I didn't know that at the time. Mm. Um, I was literally running away again. Wow. And, um, you know, and then I can correlate it to so many different things throughout my life when emotionally, obviously, I was not in a place to handle it. I was running. I would run away. And they're extreme running away, you know. So and it was all because I told myself that I'm not um, I can't be loved, um, I'm not good enough, I'm not wanted, all that little things that were associated with being adopted. And of course, well, none of it was true. It was just something I, a story I told myself at the age of seven that I carried all the way through until the age of 50. Whoa. I think, I mean, I, I know for a fact that you're not the only person who walks around and says I'm not lovable. You know, a lot of people are doing this, unfortunately. And I'm, I'm sure there's listeners right now that are like, far out, Kerry, you, you just you hit, it, you hit the nail on the head. Um, I've been telling myself my whole life that I'm not lovable. What are they meant to do? Like, wh what does a person do with that story? Because it's so ingrained in our brain, you know. Mm. What, what do you normally recommend to people? Um, the greatest thing is it is just a story. Mm. And it is just a story. And most of I may, obviously, the, what I believe is the predominantly the most of the limiting beliefs and trauma or trapped negative emotions begin in our very, very early childhood. Well, I don't know about you, Ben, but I certainly can't remember the probably the first four years of my life that I was on this earth. So whatever was happening in that time around with my parents, around the home that we were living in at the time um, or anything like that, if there was something I was taking in that I felt was 
you know, that may have been sadness or hurt or guilt or anger or, or I'm not good enough or anything like that, then I've just stored it inside in my cells in my body and I've just held on to it. But I'm not going to know that. And the, and the only way I'm going to know that is, A, by my actions, what behaviour I'm presenting on the surface, um, maybe even by illness, disease, uh, injury, um, anything like that. And everything leaves clues, but also too in our relationships. What's what's happening in our relationships with people? You know, what are we what are we presenting on the surface, but actually feeling underneath? Are we congruent? There's many different ways. Obviously, the greatest way for anyone, if they really want to know what's going on, is speak to a coach. Mm. Get a coach, and um, you know, get someone that's experienced and um, touch base with a coach and just see what's out there. Get curious because. You know, it's very hard to live a joyful life if we're not willing to connect and resolve, um, you know, whatever's maybe stored with inside of us. It's baggage that goes with us. It. like the Klingons. I always say this like Star Trek. If anyone has ever watched Star Trek and they've ever seen the um, episode with the Klingons, it's the Klingons on the bow. Well, these, all these traumas and limiting beliefs are like little things and they're just stuck all over us and then baggage and we carry them everywhere. And they stop us from living an empowering and congruent and whole and present life. Mm. I know along the way you've studied a lot of different modalities and, and techniques and you went on quite a journey to, to, to really get to your level of profound healing. What would you say are some of the, I don't know if interesting is the right word, but what, what were some of the most profound things that you discovered uh, around personal development or mindset that 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 stood out, you know, like I know you, you've studied so many things and you've you've got such a vast amount of knowledge around the, the the field of transformation. I know there's people out there that are perhaps beginning their journey or they're just learning about personal development. What would you say were some of the the standout things? Like you're like, oh my goodness, that I'm far out. That's just mind blowing. What the heck have I been thinking? Those that, what were those moments for you? I think um, one of the biggest ones is energy and how we ourselves are vibrational. Everything on this earth is vibrational. And I know uh, Deepak Chopra, he talks about the circadian rhythm of the earth and the sun and the moon and the universe and how we are, we mirror that. Like we're, we've got our own circadian rhythm and everything like that. And everything is connected. Like everything is connected. So us you know the trees everything is connected and so when we hold inside of us um, a blocked trapped emotion or limiting belief or anything like that we stop the flow of energy and when we stop the flow of energy that now what happens is things start to clog up or cells start to die or you know or we start to um, avoid that part of our life because it's we it's painful and I, I honestly, I, I remember there was a part of my journey when I, I had a bulging disc in my neck and, um, you know, I just, I was a Reiki master at the time, but it was really funny. I didn't correlate that with what was going on because I'd separated it. And it was through that journey that I connected, you know, about the energy and about tuning into that pain. I've never forgot it. You know, it was like, uh, it was the 
unbelievable chronic pain. But what had happened is I'd separated from myself and I had to come back into myself and actually take my focus into the pain and understand what that pain was, what it was, the emotion that that pain was was presenting to me. You know what I mean? I had to become one with that pain. And uh, a transformation from, you know, from not being able to sleep, um, laying down, sit, sleeping in a chair for four weeks, being on all the massive major painkillers you could ever imagine in the world, to finally focusing into that pain, you know, um, with energy, with, with your intuition, everything like that, releasing the pain, and then being back on the water, paddling a ski within weeks afterwards mm. with no operation, no, no nothing. Mm. And it was all because of a disconnection um, within myself you know mentally so um it was such a massive learning lesson i you know when i look back on it now at the time it wasn't much fun but (laughs) (laughs) how do you recommend people have that connection because i mean people are quite disconnected that's for sure Mm. what's your process that you would normally recommend someone go through or or some some activities they might be able to do in order to reconnect i think it it really depends where a person's um beliefs and values are Uh, obviously for me i'm open and receptive uh to learning and and to the possibilities and i can tell you now 10 years ago if you said to me do i believe in god i would have said not sure i believe in something but not sure what it is now today i'll tell you 100 i do believe in you know all of that and the creation and and that we're here for a purpose and we're here for a journey and i think we have to no matter where we are it becomes down to curiosity i would never have become a reiki master if i wasn't curious um i started getting curious about energy i started getting curious about the transference of energy and what the energy can do and how it can help create flow in the body and, and everything like that and you've got to follow your values. You've got to follow what you're really passionate about. So for me, connecting with energy is spending an hour out in the ocean every morning surfing with the waves. A, it meets one of my, my values, freedom, because it's freedom of expression on the wave, uh, surfing. And B, I'm connecting with Mother Nature. I always do my own little meditation when I'm out there. So I'm raising my vibration. I'm raising my energy. And see, it's the greatest way to start your day before you go to work. It's a fantastic way to start your day. So for me, that's my connection with energy. Um, But you've got to do what you connect to. Some people might be listening to music. Some people might be meditation. Some people might be yoga. But there is no tomorrow. So an excuse is just an excuse for you to stay where you are. That's, that's not going to get you anywhere. You've got to take responsibility. So you've got to take responsibility so you can take control of your life. There is no tomorrow. It's only right here, right now. Mm. So, because I, I like that advice, because quite often when we chat to people who are out there making a difference and changing people's lives, they, they often give, you do this, then you do this, then you do this, you get up at six, you drink three glasses of water, you then sit here, you do that. you do. And um, I like what you're saying there, because I think, I think that's, that's really what people have to start thinking about. You know, it's, it's, it's what's their version of that. Because I, I just find, you know, having been in the industry for a long time, people are always coming up looking for the recipe. You know, just please just give me the recipe. I'll go cook it. And, and, 
and they're just hanging for some step-by-step process. But I like what you're saying because if a person was to sit down and really just identify what they're passionate about and then allocate time to that, then they would begin to reconnect anyway. I mean, I think that's, that's what you're saying here, right? Like that's the... yeah. How does someone discover their passion then? Like, I'm, you know, I'm sure you meet people all the time saying, I don't know what I love and I don't know what I'm passionate about. I don't know what I'm meant to be doing. And what, 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 do, you, what do you normally do? What's your, the magic you work on them when they come to you saying these kind of things? Well, I think, you know, the biggest thing, as you know, is people are off track with their values. Mm-hmm. And they might be following the values of, you know, their parents or the values of their teachers or the values of their caregivers or the values of their partner or whatever which means they're totally off track with what is what they connect to. And so one of the, you know, one of the very first things we do is the greatest thing, I mean, the biggest thing anyone says, number one is I'm stuck, I'm lost, I'm uh, life's chaos, uh, life's looping. And straight the very first thing I'll say to them um, after, you know, I listen to them for a little bit is you're off track with your values. We've got to identify what's important to you, you know, and connect people back to their, their true value, their true, um, what is their meaning. It's, it's kind of the values are like their DNA. It's, it's their path. I call it the true north. Mm. Um, it's like the true north on a compass. It all That's your values. Your true north will always be pointing, but you're off going east or going west or going southwest or something like that. And the further you go away from your values, the, the more discontent or the more, um, you know, things aren't going to be going right or they're going to be looping or you're not going to be, you know, and if you just try a goal, if you try and attempt uh, to put a goal in place while you're not on track with your values, then you're only going to be half-hearted about it and you probably won't even finish it or get there. So um, I really am a massive believer, and I can only say this, Ben, since becoming a coach, um, I'm a massive believer in the coach, but in the, in the goal, but and marrying up the goal to the values and then, but even then, it's not even about the goal because once the goal is in place and the values are, and you know the values, now it's about the process. Now it's about falling in love with the process. Mm. And um, that is just, to me, is, is like you, you put all that together. It's just, and obviously clear out the limiting beliefs. Then a person can just, you know, imagine a big river just opening up and flowing fully. That's what you're doing. You're flowing with that river, you know, and everything is Everything is starting to come together. Uh, no. I, I, I know you help a lot of people in your Reset Your Mindset um, program, that, that group eight-week coaching uh, program you take people through, that they get to find their values. They get to align. They get to line their goals up. I love how you call it the true north. I, I think that's such a strong image people can have in their mind that their values are a compass and true north is always going to be true north. and and you can either head true north or go every other direction you want. Um, and if you're going every other direction, you're just going to start, as you say, looping, getting frustrated, not getting the results that they, they want to achieve. If I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, all right, Kerry, you, you've got me again. First of all, I'm telling myself I'm not lovable. Second of all, I am for sure going in the wrong direction right apart from obviously getting coaching which is the the recommendation always uh what's something that someone might be able to do tonight like what what could they sit is there something you could is there a process you'd normally recommend as a starting point is there i don't know what what do you normally say to people if, if they are aware now 
that they can put something into action? Uh, it's two things. Obviously, I say all the time, I say get curious. You can have a look what's online, what's available. But sometimes just I'm a breath coach and um, actually had massive aha moments. I didn't know how connected our breath is and our nostrils are, the left and right nostril are, to our parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system. Mm. and obviously you know working with trauma anxiety or anything like that and just by doing you know a two-minute breath exercise can balance out your parasympathetic something awesome and you can just come back to balance and, and be quite um all of a sudden you know you come down from that very anxious state and, and fight or flight and you can come right back down and, and be more whole more present more congruent Number two is uh, obviously meditation. Meditation is one of the, the greatest things anyone can do. Yes, it takes practice. Yes, it takes time. But there's many types of meditation. There's guided meditation. There's breath meditation. There's, you know, silent meditation or anything like that. And it's about getting it started. And maybe just focusing on the breath is, is the way to start. Because while you're doing that meditation, while, while you're in that meditative state, you're creating a gap. While you're creating a gap, you're connecting to yourself. You can't connect to yourself while you're scrolling social media, while you're binge, uh, binge watching Netflix or drinking alcohol or anything like that. You're not connected to yourself. And the, the, the way you need to start is to slowly come back to something where you do connect to yourself. It could be just go sit on the lawn and feel the sun and feel your breath. That's connecting to yourself. Anyone can do that anywhere, can connect to themselves. In terms of breath exercise, what, how do they utilize these left and right nostrils? What, what would be a breath exercise you'd recommend? Uh, there's one. It's uh, So you just use the uh, ring finger and the thumb. And with the thumb, you close off the, the right nostril, breathe in through the left nostril, close off the left nostril, breathe out through the right, breathe back in through the right, close it off open the left and breathe out the left and just keep going like that. So all we're doing is breathing in through the left, closing it off, breathing out through the right, breathe back through to the right, open the left, close the right. And we're just alternating sides. That's all we're doing. And we're focusing too. So we've got our hand on our, uh, where our nose is. So we're just opening and closing the chambers of the nose and we put a hand on our belly and so we're just actually focusing on the rise and fall of our belly because obviously the belly can hold a lot more air, uh, 75% nearly, by the time the diaphragm opens up than what our chest can when we go into anxiety. So one hand on the belly, close your eyes and just focus. Start Always start on the left, finish on the left. And it's just <laughs> by the time you focus on all that, you can't think about anything else anyway. So it, it allows you to be more present and it brings you back, it brings you back into a balanced um balanced state with your fight or flight back down to a more of a rest and digest kind of um presence got it so we sit down and for just like two minutes or so we just continue these cycles inhaling through the right exhaling through the left inhaling through the left exhaling through the right and we just go back and forth back and forth and that's a, a process that resets the system and you generally recommend people do this when they're feeling anxious or nervous or in that fight or flight sort of state. Definitely. Uh, when the mind actually is starting to, you know, start thinking about, I've got to do this, got to do that, or, I've got to do that, I'm too busy, or blah, 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 you know, or maybe you've got the mind monkeys going, you know, where you're 
all these things are starting to come in. Um, the greatest thing about that breath exercise is if you're really high, it'll bring you back down. If you're really low, it'll bring you back up. So that breath exercise just is a really good balancing, what we call a balancing breath exercise. Um, and anyone can do it. And I quite often do it with a client if they're in a heightened state and they just they just can't, you know, they're, they're, their body's all tensed up from anxiety or anything like that. And so the idea is either do that or a, a vision technique, uh, depending on how they're at, where they're at. And I'll actually give them the breath exercise to go away and just practice, you know. Mm. Um, so if, when you're present, you can focus on anything. But if you're not present, if you're always, always thinking five steps ahead, 10 steps ahead and thinking all the things you'll do, if you can't be present, you can't connect to yourself. You can't connect to yourself. You can't work through the things that you need to work through. You can't, but you can't be in tune with what your body's messages are. Now, you talk about meditation. For the listeners out there who've never meditated before, is, is there some type of meditation you'd recommend? Is there a, what would you suggest to the person out there who's, who's never done it or is looking? Because like we got the breath work, great. We can start to apply that. I'm actually going to start doing it. I love it. <laughs> I love that idea. I've actually never done that. I've done a lot of different breath exercises before. I've never done that one. So I'm going to give that one a crack uh, straight after this, actually. I'm going to sit down and do it. It's, it's, I, I, I definitely can appreciate the benefit and I, I, I can conceptualize how it works. So I'm a big fan of that. So thank you. If I'm sitting at home and I've never meditated, uh, what's your go-to for meditation? One of the biggest things I recommend to clients straight up, uh, it might be a new client or anything like that, and I haven't had a chance to, to teach them or anything like that, is when I um, when I had P when I had the worst of the PTSD, I had to see a psychologist and a psychiatrist. And I remember the psychologist uh, because I would just be awake all night because my mind was just constantly going. And she recommended this app, and I have recommended this app on so many times and it's called smiling mind it's called smiling mind app it's free to use it starts at different times and all you've got to do is just listen to the app that's it and so and there's different um meditations for all different times of the day you know it might be for because you're anxious or it might be because you, you can't sleep or there's a different meditation different time length um all at all different you just make a choice what do you want what do you need Put your earphones in, sit down, and listen to it. So it's called Smiling Mind. Smiling Mind, yeah. Nice. I think everyone's just picked their phone up and began downloading right now. So I not... can't. I can't recommend it enough. It's it's a really simple, free app that anyone can use um, to learn or start to begin meditation. I was going to say, I know you've got this incredible website uh, online, allelementscoaching.com.au. And it is legitimately packed with bucket loads of incredibly valuable free information. And I know right there on the homepage, people can actually book in to have a, a chat to see if there is a, is a match between what it is that you're doing and what they're looking for. And I, I mean, at the end of the day, 100% there is a match. Uh, so just for people online listening in, wherever you may be, allelementscoaching.com.au, uh, I recommend you check it out. I know you're running this really cool program, Reset Your Mindset. It's the eight-week uh, coaching and mentoring program that you run. Uh, but also, you're doing a lot of cool work at this Life Medical Center, which I believe is one of the first of its kind in the world. Is that right? 
it's one of the first of its kind in Australia. Australia uh, yeah. And um, worldwide, we're one of the first of its to- kind to combine a life medicine with NGP practice synchronistically in the one building. Yeah. Uh, so we have five GPs. Three of those GPs are trained in life medicine as well. Mm. Uh, I work there as a life coach, and one of the GPs now is trained up as a health coach. Um, but it's a, what we call a patient-centered care. Mm. So it's not where you go see a doctor and the doctor gives you a referral to this person, and then they don't talk, and then that person gives you a referral to this person. We actually work as a, as a centered team mm. um, to provide uh, care to the patient. But the other thing too is it's not about you just go in there, get a prescription and walk out. If you really want to change your life, if you've got chronic illness, disease, diabetes, diabetes, cancer, uh, we run all these programs. We run this program called I Can Change Me. And now Reset Your Mindset is going to be the next level. So the people that are doing ICCM and have done ICCM over the number of years have always wanted something more. And the greatest thing about Reset Your Mindset is that next thing that people are searching for. And it's it's just such an exciting venture to be involved with these. And I've, I mean, I've been involved with the Life Medicine Center since its inception. And um, it, is, it is definitely the way forward um, for helping people with, you know, that want to change. People that are in that, um, you know, there's this ambivalence thing where, first of all, people don't want to change. That's just their mindset. And then they do want to change. They are ready, but then they keep teeter-tottering. Yeah, I'm ready. No, I'm not ready. And then finally they get to the next stage where, yeah, I am ready to change. Okay, what can I do? Where can I go? Mm. Um, but they don't know where to start. And the Life Medicine Center is the, is the perfect place to start. Nice. Um, I love because, the approach. Sorry, go on. Yeah, sorry. I was just going to say, sorry, Ben, I didn't mean to butt in, but... What I love about it, once again, values-wise, all the practitioners, all of us that work there, we're all on the same values. Mm-hmm. And that working in a team like that just, it just lifts you up. Like everyone, the patients, the clients, everyone loves it because we've all, you know, we're all there for the patients. We're all there for that patient-centred um, care approach. Mm. Yeah, so make, make sure if you are listening in to check out allelementscoaching.com.au and and just have a look at the pro i mean i know you still do a lot of uh one-on-one work as well so that there's a variety of different ways in which you can engage with with kerry uh but it all starts with reaching out as you said it starts with asking for help starts with that vulnerability and starts with really uh, beginning that journey that mm. uh, can all occur with a simple conversation with you before we wrap up is, is there like a final message that you want to leave the listeners with is there some little nugget of information that you think you you might want them to ruminate on before we wrap it up i think the biggest thing is and i only just said this to a client yesterday is personal development does not have a finish line it does not have a finish line and and i it's so true because so many people come in and go i've i've done all the work on that i've done that you know and everything like that but personal develop does not have a finish line it just it just has different layers and different levels that you keep working through and you become more and more evolved more and more connected and um and that's how you've got to view it you've got to view it as a as a lifetime thing you keep doing it Mm. yeah i love that I, i love the the idea that it is like a daily practice. You know, I often liken it to someone who wants to go to the, the gym. They, they don't lift weights 
for one day and then they're fit for life. They, they, they exercise. And I know you're a huge fan. You're exercising every morning, like constantly out there on the water. So I really like that concept that it's, it's, uh, there's no finish line with it. But you know, a quote that I, I often think about is that the road to success is always under construction. You know, like it's like <laughs> the road never gets finished. So I like that personal. <laughs> there's no finish line with that one. Nice. Kerry, I want to say thank you so much for sharing yourself, for your vulnerability and for letting our listeners into your world and for the tips. I really like the, the breath work uh, idea. I, I'm going to actually give that a go straight after this interview. Uh, and I also like that, that app, Smiling Mind. And again, uh, please check out allelementscoaching.com. Kerry, I just want to say thank you so, so much for being on the show today. Thanks so much, Ben. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've really enjoyed it. And yeah, thank you again. You're very, very welcome. Once again, uh, if you want to find out more about Kerry or any of the other authors, you can do so by visiting elevatebooks.com. And always remember, giving yourself permission to do what you love is the key to elevating all areas of your life. And until we meet again, share your light, live your love, and do whatever it takes to be your own best friend. Thanks so much for tuning in and bye for now. Thanks for listening to Elevate Podcast, the fastest way to elevate your life. For more information, visit www.elevatebooks.com.